0: Hey, Warners, this is your warning that the following episode of Women Your Mother Warned You About went a bit rogue from the beginning. You know, one of those episodes where we started the show before we started the show. You know, we were recording and then things happened. So put on your big girl panties and buckle up for the ride with Rachel Pitts, Keith Walters, and yours truly, Gina Tremarco. It's so funny because Dave always knows. He's like, um...
1: I told Felix I need a warning label today. I just said, dude, just letting you know. Just letting you know.
0: You're you're breathing heavy. I'm like, he's like, are you okay? Or are you just, that's how you're handling things? I'm like, that's how I handle things. Mm -hmm. I do it so much, I don't even pay attention that I'm doing it. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. We're Zoom, okay. All right. Well, 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 it's time for another rogue episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, which means what the F are we talking about? Well, today? Dude, I'm, so, so. I'm
1: starting now. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's cool. That's okay. It's are cool. You good? Just leave me the fuck There's behind. It's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, it's fine i didn't i didn't I didn't mean to leave you a song behind welcome to another episode of the women your mother warned you about this is another this is a rogue episode and I have a feeling it's gonna be good there's a lot going on. Yeah, so um listeners, if you're a new listener, welcome to the show. I'm Gina Tramarco, master what am I? I? I I do this all the time because I'm we we run so freaking hard. Master Sales Trainer at Sales Gravy, also the sponsor of this amazing show, the amazing Sales Gravy and the amazing Jeb Blunt. Here with me is my co-host, the amazing Rachel Pitts. And I am <laughs> Uh, create, uh, Rachel Pitts,
1: creator of your <laughs> lifestyle. Um, formerly known as the singing lender, but now I have actually shifted out of that role and into my longtime dream of owning a dance studio. So now I'm a an owner and entrepreneur of Litchfield Dance Academy in Polly's Island, South Carolina, as well as master sales coach at Sales Gravy.
0: Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the entrepreneur world. It's like, um, what was that movie where the mom and the daughter they switch roles, something like that. I forget. Trading uh, spaces, Freaky Friday? trading lives. Freaky, what is was it? Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. What? Um, yeah. Welcome to entrepreneur life. I'm sort of happy that I left it in a way, um, but it has that world prepared me for everything I'm doing today, and I'm running harder. Than ever. Yeah.
1: Roger that. Ditto that. So what should we what Hold on. We hold talking? on a second. I've got I don't have enough light.
0: Oh. We'll keep I'm I'll keep talking. This is how a rogue show goes. We are unscripted, unfiltered, unplanned. But I looked at the calendar yesterday and I'm like, oh shh. Shit, we need an episode for next week. So <laughs> here we are this was the only time slot that you and I both had even though it's still not ideal for me with my schedule today but
1: last night I was like this is terrible but I'm going
0: and I'm going to accept it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we need an episode and I wouldn't I wouldn't have slammed it onto your schedule in less than 24 hours if we didn't n- didn't need it. And people are waiting to hear from us every week. So this is just reality, right? Like we talk about, it, it's real. This is real. This is our real world of women in business and women in sales. So what what do we want to talk about today? And we'll keep great. it timely because I got the next thing to go to. I've got a great topic and
1: that is breathing. <laughs> um, oh, so funny you say that. Because in episode, what number is that episode? uh
0: 30 the the, the, b, the game changers yep. b Sex mm-hmm. B Sex was um we call it B Sex but it's really based on the book Game Changers That We Love, which is episode 35. There we go. So in 35, we talk about game changers. It's actually one of the it's
1: the episode that when people are like, what should I listen to? It's really hilarious and also insightful. And Keith Walters is involved too. I actually had a long conversation with Keith just yesterday. Oh um, about totally off topic subject. Um, But in game changers, there's, there's a lot of great information. And one of the sections that Dave Asprey talks about is breathing. And in one place, he talks about how you can actually reach a state of euphoria. If you are controlling your breathing enough. And Mm. I was like, I buy into that, but I hadn't experienced it until recently. And, um, Full disclosure on where I'm at. I am currently at the time of this recording two and a little less than two and a half weeks out from my next bodybuilding show, which means I'm in deep in prep. My calories and macros are super duper low, but I'm at about 1100 calories and I still lift for two hours every morning. And my current cardio protocol is 75
0: minutes of cardio seven days a week. And yes, then 1100, 1100, is nothing, but it's really nothing with what you're doing.
1: And then after three o'clock, because of the dance studio, I teach dance for pr- three to five hours every day. Um, so there's a lot on my plate in terms of um, where I'm at. So when I'm in the midst of cardio, it's hard, it's hard. And what I've started doing I just get really deep into my breathing and I actually have started to experience this euphoria because of it. So I'll describe to you what I do. Um, I'm very tuned into my music. Like my playlist is life. I have about an eight hour playlist that is on high rotation when I'm at the gym, but I get really into the music and I just count my breathing. I breathe in four counts. I breathe out four counts. And I just do that forever because I'm doing 75 minutes. That's an hour and 15 minutes of cardio people after two hours of lifting usually. Um, So what happens is it helps me to, because you can't really think about more than one thing at a time when I'm counting to myself and I'm really focusing on my breathing, I stop thinking about how tired I am and how much I want to quit and not saying those thoughts don't creep in, But I push them away by continuing to focus on my breathing. And I will tell you that sometimes not all the time, but I strive to get into it. I reach a state of euphoria. Like I feel it when I move into it. And then I'm like, oh, sweet. Lean into it. Keep breathing. And I just start deep breathing even deeper and i mean i can't describe it unless you've done hallucinogenic drugs like if you have done And i, hallucin- and I have
0: and i have not if
1: you have not done record. hallucinogenic drugs it's kind of like it's kind of like just like a kaleidoscope effect or a dream state effect but you're awake and it just feels
0: it, do you have it, personal experience with that yeah mhm okay. sure i was curious
1: i've been sober for 9 years but i've tried about every drug there is so there's okay. that. there's that's one of the reasons I'm sober nine years, (laughs) um, hallucinogenics didn't really work for me. I was more of an uppers girl, but hallucinogenics, I usually didn't have a good experience, but, but in this instance, it's totally, there's not, I'm, I have, I'm not taking any drugs right now. I don't take any performance enhancing drugs. I, um, I do use EAAs, which if in your fitness world, it's just, you know, pre-workout formula, but, um, I don't take anything that makes me jittery or, um, alters my state. It's just that the breathing, once you really get dive super deep, it's, it's incredible. Like, I, I don't think I'm describing it well, but
0: there might be somebody out there who gets it. So let's, I want to talk about this, the, the euphoria thing. Is this from what I've maybe heard or read or assume or the story I tell myself, the euphoria phase does is there like a biological neuroscientifical thing with that because oh. of the oxygen going in and out
1: possibly i am not sh- i bet you in game changers he describes it a little better yeah. so i should probably revisit that probably a dopamine effect that dopamine hit that you get when you know you go check facebook and you have 100 likes on your photo or yeah. also um, when you have an orgasm, that, that mm-hmm. feeling of euphoria. Mm-hmm. It's And I'm not saying I have the feelings of an orgasm
0: while I'm doing this breathing and running, but I but do... boy, that would be fun. No shit. <laughs> oh my God, what a stress relief that would be. Just breathing and I would never... Okay, anyway, go on. I, um, <laughs> No kidding. I would have to probably stop running, but... <laughs>
1: But um, it's that, you know, that sort of afterglow feeling when you do have an orgasm, mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. feeling of just like everything in, is right in the world and you're at peace and you feel happy. That's the feeling. And like when I get there, it's almost like entering into another dimension just and I'm right there in the gym. I'm not I mean. It's just it's it's induced by the breathing. And when it first happened to me, I was like, holy moly. This is what Dave Asprey was talking about. The euphoria state. um, He talks about doing it in like in a meditative state. Um, But I'm here to tell you that it's working for me. Cause I don't have a lot else to run on. Right. Like a, I don't have a lot more of other fuel in the fuel tank. So the breathing thing really gets me through, especially when I'm real, real tired, which I have been the last couple of days.
0: Now I'm like, I'm curious. So I had to go Google it. Googling. I had to Google um, this.
1: The, and the thing about it is it's very very interesting like this whole journey with bodybuilding for me has has shown me all of these it's almost i was texting my coach this morning and coaches are very important in this sport for sure i was like i sort of i feel like i'm the closest i've ever been to dying but yet i feel like i'm so alive i'm the most alive i've ever been it's like a very strange place to be when you're just really restricted on calories. And again, I mean, this is, I have registered dietitians monitoring everything that I do. And when I say I'm not eating a lot, it, the calorie count is actually pretty low, but I eat about, um, I just finished eating, uh, seven ounces of chicken and a cup of frozen peas, or I heated them up like peas and Peas and chicken, chicken and peas, peas and chicken, chicken and peas. That's like what I eat right now, but I do eat a, a pretty substantial amount of protein. I just am very low on carbs right now and pretty low on fat. So, so I don't think I'm starving myself because I'm not starving myself. It's just the selection of what I'm putting into my body is very specific in terms of the, um, macro, uh, counts. So, um, so anyhow, uh, the thing that I have experienced so interestingly is like, I hit these walls where I'm like, okay, I'm dying at the end of that lifting section, session, because my coach has me doing like crazy stuff. And then I'm like looking down the barrel of 75 minutes of cardio and like going, how am I going to do this? So how, how many times I've hit the wall and instead of just sliding down and slumping on the floor, I just lean into it and push it a little further. And then it's just, it's phenomenal. What, what humans are capable of when they are able to control the mindset and the breathing part really, really gets me through. It really gets me through and it gets me through stress as well. I think Gina was mentioning before we started this podcast that, um, when she gets stressed out. And so do I, Roxy will notice. Cause I'll be like, mm-hmm. just to try to calm myself down. Mm-hmm. Um, and this breathing technique, uh, I actually teach it in my fanatical sales fitness uh, course that is coming soon. And, um, it's just, it's also what, um, the military uses like snipers use that four count breathing to calm themselves into, um, the which I get parasympathetic and sympathetic mixed up um, to get you shifted into the right um, calm state like they want to be shifted into a state of calm before they pull the trigger so they use that four count breathing as well Uh, so there's a lot there in terms of breathing so if you're not thinking about your breathing I highly recommend it
0: there is a lot of stuff on the interwebs about this breathing thing This breathing thing is a real thing.
1: I mean, you can't live without it. Just, I mean, so why not upgrade your breathing game?
0: I mean this, I just, I'm reading this um, one thing and this, I think I've, well, prana pranayama or conscious breathing Mm -hmm. is active control of breath. Prana means life force and yama means vehicle. Um, Often, times the result of a pranayama practice is a feeling of bliss euphoria and what have what some have referred to as a feeling to as feeling drunk or high ever heard of yoga brain that slightly out of it state when we emerge blissfully dazed from a good yoga class. Pranayama produces a similar feel-good, happy feeling. The feeling of drunkenness after pranayama happens because the oxygen, this is what I was looking for, the oxygen that we intake with each inhalation increases our circulation and blood supply to the brain. That's what I was looking for, the brain thing. Mm Mm-hmm. To elim- illuminate this blissful effect, strengthen the lungs and help purify the body and calm the mind. Continue to practice pranayama regularly. The effect is similar to the one experience after being in an enclosed room and then going outside into fresh air. You'll feel refreshed, rejuvenated, and happy as a clam.
1: Totally. That is exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff out there about this.
1: I mean, and this is the thing is it's been illustrative to me that when I get into states of anxiety, like I was a little bit this morning, <laughs> um, it, it really helps calm the mind and mm-hmm. and shift, you know, when you're, when you're looking, because I don't drink and I don't take drugs anymore. So sometimes when you're seeking a way and sometimes like you're in the middle of your sales day and you can't go have a drink and you can't go take,
0: go hit a joint or whatever, or you should, you you you, can, you You can,
1: or you probably shouldn't.
0: And you you shouldn't, but I have known many a salespeople.
1: Yes, I know. And doing the things. So you do have the option of just breathing. And that's part of why so many, um, gurus and woo-woos out there recommend meditation is because a lot of mm-hmm. meditation is connected to the breathing. And when you start focusing on your breathing, it does help quiet the mind and um, calm the body.
0: There are so many good resources out here. I feel like we need to interview all these people I'm seeing on the interwebs about this. Well, it's, it's funny because you, you said, oh, I said, what do you want to talk about? You're like breathing. I was like, that is so funny because that's exactly what I was thinking before I walked into my studio, I'm like, I want to talk about how to catch my breath. Because, and I'm way better at it now more than ever because I don't have a choice. um, Because emotional control is so important and it has been, I don't want to say harder than ever. I think I've just been more intentional and conscientious and aware of emotional control. Techniques right now because I literally am sitting at my desk before I walked into the studio. Like, literally, I could feel the anxiety taking over my body. I can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it in my chest. I can feel it. And I'm like, and I do, I do start breathing intentionally, actively inhale, exhale from all the things I've learned over time. Um, I will say that there was, um, I learned this, I learned this once uh, from a nurse when I went to, I was, this is back in my trying to figure out what was going on with my anemia. And I was going to multiple hospitals and I was in Charleston at MUSC and they took my blood pressure and it was like ridiculously through the roof. And the nurse is like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to breathe in slowly Breathe out, breathe in slowly, breathe out. I want you to picture she, yourself on the beach with palm trees and the wind is blowing and just breathe. And she she literally walked me through that and my blood pressure dropped instantly. Mm. And, and ever since that practice, ever since that moment, anytime I'm going to the doctor's office and, and doing my blood pressure, before they even put that thing on my arm, I literally like... Put my feet on the ground and practice that breathing slowly in and out and my blood pressure has been normal for years now because i just spend that time breathing now i don't know what it's like the rest of the day when i'm not breathing it's probably not good.
1: <laughs> well i can tell when i can tell when i'm not because what happens when we um get stressed or anxious is we start to hold our breath and We Mm. either hold our breath or, uh, we start to breathe really shallow, which basically starts you to hyperventilate a little bit. Yes. Um, like, and it, it sends you into fight or flight and, and Jeb talks about the fight or flight thing in every single one of his books, because that is the instant, like when somebody pisses you off, when somebody hangs up on you, when you're trying to prospect, when some, when your kid likes mouths off to you, all those things creates that adrenaline pump and then you mm-hmm. start breathing shallowly or you hold your breath and mm-hmm. you turn into the drunk monkey in the bad way where you can't, your brain, all your blood flows out of your brain into your body and your limbs yeah. so you can fight or flight and run away or kick someone's ass. And in the only, you know, the only way to, to reverse that is to calm yourself down and shift from which one is it? I get the parasympathetic and sympathetic mixed
0: up. So Dad, I, I know I look smart, but I can't, I can't, remember. You can't. I don't remember the difference. Oh,
1: whoops. well, hold A on. Let me look it up then.
0: Let's Google yeah, it. Google. What's the website? So
1: it, I get them mixed up and I don't want to have this mixed up, but you, you can't really think when you're in the fight or flight, you know, you just can't.
0: Yeah. Once that, once the, uh, amygdala like alerts all the other things, um, you, you have to train yourself to like, all right. take back so it control. Seems,
1: I always get it confused because it seems backwards to me. The sympathetic nervous system is involved in prepping the body for stress related activities. So fight or flight. So parasympathetic mm-hmm. fight or flight, you need your parachute because you're about to be stressed out the sorry you need your no that's wrong Shit, i got it wrong already the sympathetic nervous system the sympa, so this is why it's backwards sympathetic nervous the sympathetic sympathizes no, sympathetic is when you're stressed sympathetic <laughs> is fight or flight and it seems like you'd be sympathetic and calm but sympathetic means you're in fight or flight parasympathetic okay. is when you return the body to routine day-to-day operations um, because you put your parachute because you on, put your parachute on the parachute.
0: Saves okay. You. That's how parachute we'll remember. Parachute saves you. There we go. The parachute. So saves when you. you
1: are in that fight or flight sympathetic state and the amygdala is firing up and you're, 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 there's no blood flowing to your brain. Cause it's all in your limbs for you to run or kick someone's ass. You want to breathe a little bit, calm down. And then your body returns to that parasympathetic state. And you can, you like, it's, I can feel it immediately when I, when I shift out of it. Cause for, for me personally, it feels like someone standing on my chest when I'm in the sympathetic fight or flight, it feels like I'm going to have a heart
0: attack. It does. It does 100, percent And that's why there are so many, um, people who have panic attacks and they're not heart attacks. They're panic attacks. Um, and I'll talk about that for a second cause there, I have a couple, I've got some strong feelings about it. I have been known to have panic attacks and the first time I had one, I thought it was a heart attack. And so that's how I was able to learn about what a panic attack is. Um, and so that's good. So if you can be aware of it, then you can actually start to control it. Uh, it's rare that I have them now. I might have them once or twice a year, maybe. Because I can feel my anxiety coming on and I can find ways to, to manage it or stop it or control it. So it's good to know what it feels like. Now, the thing that's annoying with that is there have been times where I've gone to, well, let's talk about when I had anemia. And I didn't know I had anemia. And I went to an urgent care and said, I'm having these issues. My heart rate is up. Um I can't breathe, all these things, and they, they they go right to, you must be having a panic attack. And I don't think they would ever say that to a man, no offense, but this, like when the doctor was like straight to, it must be a panic attack. I'm like, I know what a panic attack is. This is not a panic attack. <laughs> My resting heart rate of 150, not a panic attack. So um, that was because I, because, this is interesting, because I had lack of oxygen, the reason why I had lack of oxygen is because I didn't have enough blood to carry the oxygen. So that that's highly important. I don't know how we link back to that, but if you are anemic, anybody out there who's anemic, that that doesn't help your situation because that low blood is not it's not helping you with your circulation. It's not it's not helping you with your breathing.
1: Hey Gina, what? You know what we need right now? What, what do we need? We need to hear from our sponsor, Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy. Let's hear what he has to say.
2: Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe hone their sales skills at Sales Gravy University. You see, Sales Gravy University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's Spontaneous Selling course, which is worth checking out. Now, I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on Sales Gravy University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com. Pick out your course. And when you check out, use coupon code free course to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free.
1: Well, and there's this other book, it's called The Body. A, It's like the body, a user's guide I've been listening to. It's super, if you love, like are super interested in the human body. Um, I think Keith Walters is the one that recommended he always recommends the coolest books. Um, (laughs) and it talks about that the, the red blood cells and how they transfer oxygen. And it's really fascinating that creating fake blood is They've been working on that for, for years and years and years, and they can't figure out the formula. That's why we have the Red Cross and everybody donates blood. Um, there's some pretty fascinating shit in that book about when they first started figuring out blood transfusions. Woo! Some of the things like, let's try sheep blood in a human. Yeah, that didn't go so well. But, um, but, oh,
0: trans- gosh, I'm so happy. I had never read that before. I <sighs> needed a, an emergency transfusion. But
1: how awesome would it be if they could create? you know, blood. So we wouldn't have to worry about donors, but they just have not been able to create the science that because it's such a fragile, it's such a fragile system of the red blood cell carrying the oxygen molecules, um, to the various parts of the body to replenish that oxygen from the lungs that every time they create a synthetic blood substitute, The blood will the the blood the synthetic blood cell will carry the oxygen molecule a certain amount, but then it drops it and then it just doesn't work. So they can't they can't figure out that magic of
0: the human body. Some things just can't be duplicated.
1: Yeah, it's a really I highly recommend that book. It's it's there's so much fascinating shit because you really look at like there's not all that many. It actually doesn't take that many ingredients to make a human body. And yet there's such complicated functions that all of our bodies do. It's just like I can nerd out for hours on that. But back to breathing that you're so right that the if your blood is is not where it needs to be, then you're screwed. Like you're just going haywire.
0: And then if we if we tie it back further, right to to nutrition and health, right? Part of you know, of course, the first question. Well, there's a series of questions that they have been prepped to ask an anemic person, Um, and they can't seem to get past these three questions. Number one, are you having heavy menstruation? Uh, Jesus, how
1: much menstruation are you going to cause (laughs) anemia?
0: I know seriously that that's like that. They, they have it in a textbook and they don't know how to get past it. And they're like, have you had any blood loss lately? <sighs> no. Um, do you eat leafy greens? Yes. Hmm. And that, that's it. That's, that's, that's all they got. They, they can't get, they don't know. They can't get past that Years so, of medical you know, school and that's all they got. Yeah. I mean, I have researched it. Um, you know, I I, I I just kind of gave up and walked away because all the research I've done on anemia um, has gotten me nowhere. And even my doctor said, there's a chance you'll never know why it happened, why you have it. Um, it's one of two things. You are either losing blood, which I am not. Yeah, like yeah. If you see Rachel, she's looking around the room. Where, where did I lose it? Did I leave it somewhere? I think I put it on the is shelf. Is it
1: flowing out my nose right now or my where, vagina? No, I'm good. Where is it?
0: Where is it? Right? It's like, or, or have you had a baby recently? <laughs> uh, no. Right? Because you oh, can lose blood. Let me check. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you dumb bitch. <laughs> no, I've not had a baby. So, so it's one of two things. You're either losing blood or you're not either making well three things you're not making blood or you're not absorbing iron
1: mm. which is probably it's a lot one more of
0: likely yes yeah, it's, it's one of those three things so they exhaust they exhausted every possible test to check for blood loss you know like take do all your I clothes have... off and
1: let's see if there's blood flowing out of you like a leak anywhere <laughs>
0: Did <laughs> she okay. um They checked every. They put tubes up, down, sideways. I mean, down to I swallowed a pill camera. That was the final test. Was here swallow this pill? It's actually a Do camera. Shit it I swear out? to God, did they
1: like get it back? After you, shit it you, shit out. It out? you
0: shit it out. You shit it out. You hope you shit it out. The best they part. Or you just let it go. No, you just, it, it flushes. If you see it, I never saw it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We need that back, ma'am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you imagine? They don't care. They are like, we've built it for it. It's fine. That'll can be nine good. you imagine grand. my face?
0: could you imagine my face? And I'm like, they're like, okay, so they they had talked me through. They had talked me through like, all right, so here are the tests that you can take to check for blood loss. Um, We're going to stick a tube, stick a thing down your esophagus to your stomach and see if there's anything there, right? Like an ulcer or any of those things. Nope, nothing there. Although I had the pleasure (laughs) Of of going into septic shock after that test because they apparently used um, not a clean utensil to check yeah so I don't know if you remember that I, I had to go to the emergency room for sepsis I didn't know I was I didn't know I was going into septic shock so I, I got infected from that so no blood loss septic shock instead then <laughs> they're like now now you have to do a colonoscopy to check the other end to see if there's any. Blood loss. Well, I wasn't real excited about taking that test after the septic shock experience, but I did. I flew to Chicago to do it because I was scared to do it where we live. And again, all clear, seriously, all clear after they make Definitely.
1: you, I've had many. I'm here to tell you I've got Crohn's disease, and if you're passing blood in your from your behind, you know it because you her you know it. and you're alarmed because there's blood in the toilet bowl. Right. Like I right. It, you notice that shit.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, you do notice that <laughs> shit. You notice the blood anyway. So no, no blood anywhere. No, and then they're like, okay, one last thing. Swallow this pill, and the camera will travel down your body into the lower intestine, which is, you know, the the, the little tinier. Tubing that they got to go through because um, they can't scope you any other way with that. So that little camera goes through you and you wear this monitor. Like you, I had to go to the hospital, I went to MUSC in Charleston, swallowed a pill, and now I'm wearing this thing. You can literally see the pill traveling through my body on this monitor That's thing cool. that I'm just strapped to my body. And I have to sit there for eight hours in a hotel room or wherever I want to sit while it works its way through. And then you take the device back to the hospital and they study the footage, the video footage that's recorded on this thing. And then I'm like, what happens to the camera? And they're like, it'll come out the other end. And I'm like, and they're like, but don't bring it back.
1: (laughs) We don't want it You can keep that, you know, with like your your <laughs> belly umbilical cord that you have from birth and your first tooth that you lost.
0: Just put it over there together. Like <laughs> wait the best part, right? She she goes, the nurse says, Now there's a chance that it'll get stuck and not come out. I'm like, okay. And then what? <laughs> Well, it could cause some serious problems. It could create an obstruction in your intestines. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. I'm so happy I just swallowed this thing. I I never saw it come out. And I thousand dollars later, we can take it
1: out for you.
0: <laughs> right? So I mean it was always in the back of my mind. I'm like, is it still there? It's
1: looking it? at me. I feel someone
0: somebody like somebody's watching me this feels very close though like I feel really weird inside feel- so anyway we go off on a tangent but you know sometimes that's what these rogue shows are for is to lighten up the situation um but you know health is so important and um the anemia definitely set me back um i'm still anemic uh, i don't know if you can say anemia as in remission i, I, I don't know Mine is like in remission that, that I've come up with that term. There's no that? such like term. Like what
1: do they do make you eat more leafy <sighs> greens and make sure there's no leaks.
0: Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I wish. So I'm, I'm just on constant iron, which I hate because that's not the healthiest thing for you. But when they took me off the iron, I instantly wow. dropped. So the iron pills actually keep me at bay huh. basically. And um not the best thing to be on iron every day of your life, but it's the only thing at this moment, keeping, keeping me in check and keeping my hemoglobin where it needs to be. And I, I test at least twice a year, do blood work. And you can see in the blood work that my, I'm my blood cells are not absorbing iron. My, my absorption rate or saturation, rate That's it. My saturation rate is really, really low. I don't know what any of that means if there's any doctors out there that might know you would think hello read read my blood work can somebody identify what that means well
1: and i have great respect for doctors and nurses but i do especially from my experience with crohn's disease their their job is to diagnose to to diagnose the problem And then they have been taught certain solutions or there's medical research that shows certain solutions. And their job is to present you with said solutions. Now, when I was dealing with my Crohn's, I did a lot of my own research of alternative medicine and was like, I came Mm -hmm. to my doctor and I'm like, Hey, I found this, that if I eat a certain way, or maybe I figure out what my trigger foods are, then that'll help. And he's like, doesn't matter what you eat. You're just going to be like this forever. And I was like, mm. Mm, respectfully, mm. I am going to mm. go my own path with this. And I am still on meds for Crohn's, which when I went off, I thought that I could go off my meds and be fine, which that didn't really work out. But but I do avoid certain foods because they do trigger me. Um, yeah, yeah. And also, alternatively, there's a lot. I'm actually another book. I sort of read a lot of books at one time, Bless. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you I, do that. Well, sometimes it's just certain ones are too heavy and I just can't, it's too much for my brain. Mm-hmm. But one that I'm on right now that is pretty heavy that I take in small bites is called Becoming Paranormal. Um, and it's about, basically it ties into what I started with with the breathing because it goes into if um, that's a a a conscious meditation practice that is focused on certain aspects of healing yourself and balancing your energies, um, can, can actually heal the body. And he's got a ton of, um, case studies where people have done it. And this is, we're talking like people that have reached the end of their rope and just don't have, they just have been told there's no hope. So then they go and find, you know, this guy and he does these retreats and things. And then they get, they get into this whole, meditation practice and and healing themselves. And it works for some people, but you've got to buy in and you've got to be consistent and you got to do the thing. So, but a lot of it has to do with breathing and focusing on energy balance and, and, um, going internal and self-discovery of like, where is the real problem? Because most of us spend a lot of time running away from the truth of our problems. And when you sit in meditation and go inward and and let go of all of the stories that you're telling yourself, sometimes you can find the the root of it. And, you know, I would be willing to bet that in some weird, twisted, crazy, tangled kind of way that some of the stuff that I know happened to you in your childhood could be contributing factors to what's going on with your blood. Like it's, it's like this, the, um, the karmic stress or the, the continued, Mm -hmm. and he actually talks for a while about the fight or flight thing. There's a, the, one of the big, the first case studies he talks about is this woman who basically everything was great in her life. And then her husband decided to jump off the tallest building in town and died. That stress happened and you, she could never really get away from it. And then. Something happened with work. Something happened with the kids. Then her health failed. Then she found out she had cancer. All these, like it just compounded and compounded. Mm. So she was mm. in this fight or flight for so long that her body mm-hmm. created these problems. Yeah. So yeah, you know, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend Gina. But um, that which one is it's it? It's called Becoming Paranormal. Um, and the author is. Okay. We should have me and reference all these books I keep talking about. Um, becoming sorry becoming supernatural I
0: apologize yeah okay yeah, I was gonna say this also, I read it I, I actually read the cliff yeah, notes version And um, yeah your body is holding on to that stress and you have to find a way to unlock mm-hmm. it to stop yeah. it and 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 then it does carry on in your genes and you can actually transfer it to other people in your DNA like the trauma the trauma transfers and you look at everything that we talk about at sales gravy about fight or flight and about how we are wired and becoming rejection proof, right? So we are wired for the fear of rejection because it goes back 40,000 years ago and it carried into our genes somewhere. You got to break the cycle. I actually had the same conversation. I had this conversation with, with David, my significant other, the other day, talking about these, how we're wired for this. And I noticed something like with my mom, now that we're so into this, you know, having to understand this and teach it to people, my mom was, and she was little and petite, but she was a food hoarder. When I say food hoarder, she would like, she had a separate freezer filled with food just to have it there. Okay, and so where does that go back to? That goes back to her growing up in Germany during World War II. And, and it was all about food rations, like food ration tickets. Like sometimes they didn't have food, they waited for their ration ticket. I've heard all the stories from my aunts and uncles to go get a loaf of bread with a ration ticket. And so that created this thing in my mom that she never ever wanted to be without. And so she became fascinated with the cooking and preparing foods and experimenting and um. I found that I'm like, for some reason, I'm like, I just like to go shopping. I have an addiction to Fresh Market. We're trying to break me of it. I get my hair done and I have to go to Fresh Market. It's a thing. I don't need anything at Fresh Market. For those who don't know Fresh Market, it's like going to Whole Foods. We don't have one of those here in Myrtle Beach area. So Fresh Market to me is like, I just feel like I need these things in my refrigerator. It makes me feel Complete.
1: Legit though, fresh market is bomb, and it's fun to go there.
0: It's the bomb, but but I'm like, what is wrong with me that I have this thing? And I'm like, I could I have actually inherited that? Yes, yes, I could have inherited it. It did pass in my genes, and now I get it. Mm -hmm.
1: So there's interesting uh, research in the Becoming Supernatural book where he talks about. So there's a woman who gets, I think it's a heart transplant and as uh, shortly after having the heart transplant or whatever organ that she had transplanted, she started having these really weird cravings for like certain foods that she really never ate and certain, um, certain, uh, like mannerisms, even to the point of how she walked that her, her child noticed how she carried herself had shifted because it, and then when she found out, um, and, and located the donor's family, it was, a, uh, you know, an older teenage boy, like 18, 19 year old boy who passed away and she received the organ and lo and behold, like he used to, eat a lot of whatever the particular food and he had certain phrases that he would say. And he, he, you know, he was a guy. So like the gait that she took on, she started moving in a little bit more of a masculine type of way that was unlike her. That was a result of having, you know, that transfer of, of the DNA of the other person. Isn't that trippy? That is so trippy. Yeah. It was like, she just suddenly had these cravings for maybe it was like, cheeseburgers or something something specific a couple of specific things that when she spoke to the the, the young man's mother, mother she was like oh yeah he used to really eat that a lot
0: yeah so these these things are baked into our dna mm-hmm. um and the anxiety that we have or the stress that we have or uh, how we can you know manage things we can we, we can pass this on i'm not passing it on anybody because i don't have any children but <laughs> I can pass it on where because emotions are contagious. Like I can pass on certain things that way. So mm-hmm. just to be better at managing it, these are these are things that we need to think about to be more effective in our jobs, to be more effective in our personal lives, to really pay attention to that, to take the time to breathe um, for your own health, but the health of others around you. <laughs> who have to content with you i a couple nights ago i had a nightmare um, and and when i say nightmare it's like usually my nightmare when i say nightmare typically it's my father shows up in a dream and i call it a nightmare because in the dream he's alive and then and always he in every dream that he shows up in he doesn't speak and I get really frustrated because I want to talk to him because I'm so excited to see him. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited. And in the dream, I'm like, he's alive and I'm so excited. And then at some point, I realize he's not alive and I and I like relive his death in the dream. And then I end up crying in the dream and I get so shook up that I actually, I'm crying in the dream, but I'm actually really crying physically while I'm sleeping. And the crying wakes me up. And this happened a couple nights ago and like it it, it woke up David and he's like, hey, babe, are you having a panic attack? I'm like, it's not a panic attack. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and it comforted me. But later he's like, it was like a little five-year-old having a nightmare. You're an adult.
1: <laughs> well, it doesn't change the fact that we all dream when we're asleep. I've been studying sleep quite a bit. Um, in preparation for my fanatical sales fitness because we talk about sleep and movement and nutrition in there. And I mean, sleep is pretty fascinating. And I, I, mm-hmm. I like what your brain actually is more active when you're asleep than even mm-hmm. when you're awake. Yeah. Because it's pr- I basically described to like to my dancers that when you sleep, your brain is processing all the information and putting everything like it's like having like a whole bunch of papers all over your desk and stacks of receipts over there and these things you yeah, wrote yeah. down and then the thing you put to the side that you wanted to get to, and you know your brain just files all that way- away and organizes the information. and that's why sometimes when it's better to sleep on something, so that you can True. You know, process better because you just don't have all the um, information organized and your brain does that.
0: Do you know if there's anything that can be done? You know, like I gratitude journal in the morning to set my, the tone for my day. And um, David and I actually have this practice that we do every night when we go to bed, we have to share one gratitude about each other from the day so that, we I know it's I know it's dorky, right?
1: <laughs> no, it's not dorky at all. I was just like, My my, my dirty mind is that tall.
0: <laughs> it could be a dirty gratitude. Yeah, it exactly. depends. Sometimes it can be. Sometimes you're too tired be. for that shit. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know, initially in the beginning I was like, Let's do this every day, like everything we're thankful for. And after a while I was like, babe, this is like homework now. I'm like, all right. And then I came back like I came, came back, and came back a couple of days, a couple of weeks later. I'm like, "What if we just did one?" At the end of the day, as we're laying down, and and this is my, you know, you and I have both been through, we've all been through multiple marriages, um, well, not multiple, collectively multiple marriages, and um, the one thing I learned was I want to do things differently. I want to practice things differently with with all my relationships. So I didn't want to get, I didn't want to walk away from that practice gratitude piece at the end of the night. And he said, you know, that's a great way to go to sleep without ever being mad at each other is you have to share one, just one thing that you appreciated about that person for the day. Mm-hmm.
1: Super powerful.
0: Yes. Yeah, super, super powerful. Um,
1: I think it's, I think it's a really great, idea and practice for everyone well you were saying that you write gratitudes in the
0: morning yeah i'm wondering if there's something we can do at night before we go to sleep that does like a brain dump so that you sleep easier and you dump some of it before you go to sleep
1: some of my favorite uh mentors that i've never met let's call it like Grant Cardone and Darren Hardy, they both say that they keep a yellow legal pad beside, or some type of journal beside their bed. Mm -hmm. Um, And they write down stuff. They write down, I think Grant Cardone's thing is he writes down like 10 things in the morning and at night.
0: Yeah. I think I've heard, I think I've heard that Mm -hmm.
1: just, uh, I mean, it is important to, to let that go um, so that you are not, Like, I'm sure everybody's had the experience where some shit goes down and you, you either relive it or you like, or you like relive over and over what you would say or what you would do. Like Mm -hmm. somebody that pissed me off, which am I taking a golf club to this person? Am I going to strangle them? Am I going to just like say something me like, you know, all the different crazy things when you're mad or upset or you know, everything that we worry about is based on our past experience and our expectation that it's going to be like that, but you don't really know how shit's going to work out. So the best idea is what Gina's is talking about, which is just like dump all that shit and, and focus on gratitude. Because I think in this world right now, we really have fallen into this, <laughs> like, state of entitlement and feeling like we're just have it so bad because there ain't no fucking toilet paper, you know, things like that, Mm -hmm. that just don't matter as much as how this is actually the best time ever to be alive in the world. So much opportunity with the internet. There's so much opportunity now to be able to work from home and virtually like side note, go get all of Jeb's books about virtual selling and virtual training. Cause they're amazing because the world that we live in now has shifted. Now you don't have to fly across the country to meet somebody. You can get on zoom. Like there's so much opportunity, um, out there in the world, but yet there's also more complaining than ever before because of social media and there's so many ways that people can offend us
0: That was me that was me breathing
1: yeah by like somebody accidentally like clicked a frowny like a a frowny face or an angry face rather than a heart on your facebook post like shit like that happens people get people. Yes. Like I've seen it before where I had posted something and somebody obviously accidentally like put a mad face on something, you know, like it's just, there's just so many different ways to be offended. So I charge you guys, I I challenge you guys to do what Gina is suggesting, which is at night, whether it's to yourself or to your significant other or to your dog, just find one thing you're grateful for at, at the end of every day. And you will go to sleep better.
0: It it does make a difference. I mean that 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 dopamine effect of like hearing the thing that mattered to the person in your life. You're like, oh that oh that thing. I didn't realize that that thing was a thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it you don't realize. Your- yeah, that's why I think it's a it's a cool thing to do.
1: Yeah, like the other day, my husband put my new tag on my new car, and like he for him that's like five minutes of his time but yeah. I thanked him like six times that day because I'm like thank you so much for doing that for me
0: yeah it's like and they're like okay stop like I must have thanked David the other day like 12 times for fixing his garbage disposal that I broke <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like, oh, oh, and my. you know we're so used to things just being a crazy sometimes like when Gina told me about that i was like well of course he's not upset it doesn't it's not a big deal but you know sometimes our past experience needs mm-hmm. us to feel like some little thing is going to turn into a big big disaster when yeah
0: in the and and that is the the trauma Effect, right? If you talked earlier about things that have happened in our childhood, things that have happened, it's not just childhood either, right? Past right. relationships and how that's impacted us. If you've, especially if those relationships were a long time, um, something like the garbage, breaking the garbage disposal. I mean, I didn't just go back to childhood of getting like yelled at by my mom. I went back to my previous other relationships where I'm like, oh my God, he's going to kill me. He's gonna kill me! Oh my god, he's gonna be so angry, Mm -hmm. right? And then I'm like, like the anxiety starts up. I'm like, oh my god, I just don't. I like, I I like regress to like a child. I'm like, I'm gonna get punished now. And I'm like, okay, bro. He's like, it's no big deal. He's like, but going forward, you do not put peels in the garbage disposal. Do not put vegetable (laughs) peels. I'm like, I didn't know. He wasn't mad because he's he's done it before. That's, he's like, I've done it before. I broke it before <laughs> doing what you just did. He probably
1: went like, under there and pushed the reset button and like.
0: Uh, no, I know it was. No. up. he. I. I <laughs> It took him a long time to fix it. Mm. I mean, his I, hand was down. I get down anxiety that train. of
1: anybody that puts their hand down a garbage I do. disposal. Mm. I, it, I get so afraid like it's yeah. going to turn on. Oh my God. Like
0: the- he, His hand was down that train pulling all the peels out. Yeah, yeah. it was ugly. Anyway, we digress. Um, it is time to wrap up this episode. We hope that, um, you know, the feedback we get from our show is that there's, there's always a nugget in this show to take away with you. And, I hope that the nugget that you take away is to to focus on breathing. And I said this last time we did a Rogue episode. It's like, I don't have time to do a show, but then I get to the show and it's like going to the gym and I feel better afterwards. I hope that this episode makes people laugh, but also look at what can you be doing to just take a moment, breathe a little bit more, pay attention to what's happening with your body because that impacts everything else going on with you. And um, that's my takeaway from today.
1: My takeaway that I hope you take is uh, when you reach a point where, depending on what it is, something that feels really hard, that feels just like one more thing, feels like a struggle, take a deep, deep breath and then lean into whatever the task is because you are capable of so much more than you really truly realize and your brain is is formulated to protect you so that normal default is to run away and give up and shrink and get mad or frustrated but if you just breathe that four count in four count out a few times and then lean into the task or the activity And you'll be surprised at what happens that you are capable of handling a lot more than you believe.
0: Yeah. And a, a real quick, a, a quick aside, cause I thought about this before and it just came back cause I lost it. Um, you've mentioned it, the stories we tell ourselves, um, this came up in a conversation with Jeb last week when he was coaching me on some things. And you know, one of the things he said is, it's the story you're telling yourself. Um, and I won't tell you what that was about, but, but it, we do, we, we tell ourselves stories right? Um, to find ways to cope with it. And that's fine. But sometimes the stories we're telling ourselves are fake news. So you have to be really cautious of that and, and, and tell yourself the true story of what's truly going on because the truth will set you free. And that's this episode of (laughs) the Women Your Mother Warns You About. Thank you, Warners, for listening to this show sponsored by Sales Gravy. To learn more about Sales Gravy University, go to salesgravy.university. And to find out more about this show, you can go to womenyourmotherwarnsyouabout.com. Any other parting comments, my fabulous co-host? And if you've heard any nuggets
1: that you think someone close to you should hear, Please share this episode and even more, we will be grateful and we will express gratitude. If you leave us a quick review um, anywhere where you get your podcasts and especially at iTunes, because it helps us spread the love and the knowledge and the
0: inspiration to more people. Awesome. Bye Rachel. Bye Warners.
2: This really will get serious soon. Yeah. Don't. It it doesn't have to, I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.